Welcome to the Positive Pants Podcast. Mindset, motivation, and inspiration to help you find your positive pants. It's time to let go of negative thinking, understand why you do what you do, and stop the self-sabotage with your host, Fran Excel. Welcome to the show. As always, it's Fran Excel, your resident subconscious success mentor, helping you find your very own pair of positive pants so you can get out of your own way and live a life that you love. If you want to stop sabotaging your own success and let go of the stress, then you are in the right place, my friend. Make sure you download your free stressed to success guided meditation at bit.ly forward slash stressed to success as my little gift to you for being here. Please do subscribe, share, review. It really, really helps people that need to hear this message find us. And I so appreciate it. In the show notes, you will also find details of how you can work with me and where you can get your mitts on my meditations, products, and printables. You can also find it through the link in my bio on Instagram, which is my second favorite place to hang out. So please do come join me over there at I'm Fran Excel. Tag me in your takeaways, slide into my DMs. I am here for it. So that is the formalities over my love. So let's jump into the content. Where is your ego getting in the way of your progress? To start looking at this large and slightly complicated sometimes piece of the puzzle of what I'm always talking about, making the unconscious conscious, we kind of need to attempt to define what ego actually is first. So there's a few ways to look at this and I'll start with some dictionary definitions. Then I'm going to chat a little bit about Freud's theory because we can't really talk about the ego without Freud. I'm going to offer up a couple of perspectives and examples and then bring in some other bits and pieces to help you start to identify where your ego might be taking charge in your life and in your business. So according to the Oxford Dictionary, the three ways ego is defined is as a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. It defines it through psychoanalysis as the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. And in philosophy, it's defined as a conscious thinking subject. And interestingly, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, because why would you not just look at Oxford, always look at Cambridge too, it defines it as your idea or opinion of yourself especially your feeling of your own importance and ability. So this can be for the positive or the negative. So he's got a big ego or could be that you need a boost to your ego. So it's not one thing or an entity either, which is something I'll get onto. When it comes to psychoanalysis, the Cambridge Dictionary defines the ego as the part of a person's mind that tries to match the hidden desires, the wishes of the id, which I'm going to go into, which is the part of the unconscious mind with the demands of the real world. So it houses your self-esteem. It is, in essence, your identity. Ego is the mediator between instant gratifications of your needs, the id, and your highest morals, which is the superego. So let's start with the id and have a little bit of a look at this. And I appreciate I'm getting a little bit jargony with you today, but I think it's important to kind of map it out a little bit. So the easiest way to think of the id is like a tantruming child trying to get its needs met. 
So when we're babies, we can do nothing but obey our primal instinctive needs, right? If we're hungry, we cry. If we're uncomfortable, we cry. We do what it takes to make sure our needs are met. Yeah. The id is driven by pleasure wholeheartedly. Then we've also got to look at the superego. So this is all based in Freud's personality theory. So it's from 1923. So please view this as a starting point for understanding. I personally think there is so much nuance to this and describing the mind as kind of three separate parts is slightly oversimplistic based on the advances in psychology, spirituality, trauma. There's so many different ways to look at this, but everything is, this is kind of the fundamentals. There are many pieces to the puzzle, but this is a great, great starting point for breaking it down. So your super ego is where your conscience lies, Jiminy Cricket, if you will. Your ideal self is there too. So this ideal self, this version of you that you just simply don't match up to all the time, this is created from your values, you know, that you've learned. It's from society. It's your sense of morality. What you learned was acceptable or pleasing behavior or would get rewarded from your primary caregivers. You know, your sense of right and wrong. And this if you're starting to see the pieces come together is where a lot of your shoulds come from. Yeah. So for example, if you feel guilt for a behavior, that's usually a little punishment to your ego from your super ego, because where the ego comes in is the middleman between the two. It's reality based. It's external world based. It decides how to behave and is all about avoiding pain. It's looking to reduce tension. It doesn't have a concept of good or bad. This is why I'm saying you don't distinguish between good, bad, right, wrong. You're start, hopefully starting to see a few pieces of the puzzle come together. Its primary function is that no harm comes to it or you. So sometimes the id will win and you'll behave in a way that will give you instant gratification led by one of your primal needs. And um, this could be something like, in a business sense, doing something to pinch someone else's client or copying someone else's work and passing it off as your own. Um, sometimes the superego will win. This could look like beating yourself up all the time because your ideal self is set at ridiculously high standard based on what you learned growing up around your values and your morality. What you were taught was desirable. It may punish you with feelings of guilt or reward you with feelings of pride, for example. So you can kind of think of them like the angel or devil on your shoulders. Yeah. And your ego is the one in the middle. <laughs> so fundamentally, the ego decides how to behave to avoid pain. So you can see why I'm always talking about secondary gains and why it is so important to be aware of them. If you have a positive payback for a negative behavior, it's going to be difficult to change it if you don't create that awareness and there will be an internal battle. So towards pleasure and away from pain. So when pain is often doing something new and uncertain and pleasure might be comfort eating or Instagram scrolling, or not doing the thing. <laughs> you can see why this can be a problem for your ego and you might stay stuck. But the ego can be reasoned with, which is something we can use to our advantage. Knowing its main job, knowing that it's not you and its main job is trying to protect you. And I appreciate that this is going to sound strange, but stick with me. It's something I've talked about before. But you can talk back to your ego. I always recommend naming it. You can give it a, a different voice. There's so many different ways that you can start to actually create that dialogue. So mine is Nigel. I kid you not. 
<laughs> it was the first name that popped into my head and I trust what comes up first. <laughs> so it's Nigel. So if I feel my ego getting in the way of uh, behavior, bear in mind, there are lots more pieces to the puzzle, such as behaviors learned through traumas and experiences you've had that may also need to be looked at at a deeper level. But if I feel my ego getting in the way, I can have a little chat with Nigel. I can let him know that it's safe for me to take action, that I appreciate his input, but it's not needed right now. <laughs> yeah. This will only sound weird until you actually try it and see how much it works and how quickly. <laughs> so you can see if you have a healthy balance between all three, the id, the ego and the superego, that could lead to being a calm, well-rounded individual who can make good choices and decisions to get stuff done, right? You can also see if there's an imbalance, which the majority of us have at various different points. Sometimes you'll be in balance, sometimes you'll be out of balance. If the moralistic superego or the primitive needs-based id are too much in control, it will affect the behaviors and actions that you take. So a dominant id could lead to impulsive behavior or doing something that's actually out of integrity. Yeah. A dominant superego could lead to being judgmental of other people or anxiety or a drive for perf perfection. So then we can get further into defense mechanisms. And I hope you're sticking with me here. Essentially, defense mechanisms are there to protect your self-esteem in some way. So the ego protects itself, thinking it's protecting you. Here's a few you may recognize. Avoidance, denial, isolation, suppression. Uh, projecting, rationalization, self-serving bias, dissociation, comparison, numbing behaviors. So I'll give you a few examples of a couple of these. You might be having a bad day and then you take your frustrations out on your significant other, a friend or the kids, for example, of displacement. So you're angry at someone else, but feel like you can't express it to them. So for example, a client, and then it's easier to then aim it elsewhere because there are worse consequences for you if you aim that anger or frustration at your client than there is to your spouse or your, or your child. Yeah? And rationalization may cause you to make excuses as to why you have or haven't done something or achieved something. Or a self-serving bias could cause you to push blame onto someone else and not take responsibility while trying to protect yourself from being criticized. Yeah. So you can see how these start to play out, but they are unconscious. And the more you uncover these, the more you can observe them. The idea is to be the casual observer and, and kind of watch your ego. And this comes with practice. You know, the more that you can do that, the more you challenge them, the more control you have over your ego and therefore your own behaviors. So you stop the avoidance, the procrastination, stop getting yourself overwhelmed, stop the comparison. Yeah. The ego is rational. And you get to show it more healthy ways of coping with the anxiety that the ego is trying to avoid. So this is where the tools and techniques I talk about a lot come in. So meditation, uh, journaling, all of these different things that you can choose to do in the moment instead of take the action that may have a negative consequence for you. So we form our ego as we learn through our own experience, what is positive and negative. This often formed in, well, it's formed in childhood, right? Um, through interactions with our primary caregivers, but obviously it does are um i've literally lost my ability to speak today the things that we do in later life the experiences that we have in later life can have an effect on this as well so as another example if you were always told to be quiet to be in the background children should be seen and not heard you learn 
that this is how you please your primary caregivers. This is how you get love. So you could see that when that is wired, why you might struggle with visibility in your business. Or if you grew up believing that your big emotions were inconvenient or led to people not being pleased with you in some way, or you sensed annoyance, you learn to suppress and disconnect from your emotions. And this can lead to you not being able to trust your own decisions because we feel them in our body, right? We feel our emotions. If you're always rewarded, and you'll see here how societal norms start to come into shape and our experiences here as well. If you are always rewarded with by good grades and achievement, then it could lead to always seeking out more awards, qualifications and achievements, because that's how you, you learn and you get validated and that's how you get love. Same thing with looking at money in this aspect. But on the flip side to that, if you're punished for not getting good grades, then it can lead to a feeling of not being good enough. And then that will play out in your behavior. So you can see how all of this starts to play out into adulthood because when you're a child, you don't have the benefit of being able to rationalize these things in the same way. Your ego is always telling you stories about you, other people, and the world. Yeah, But it's what you've learned, not who you are. And when you blindly listen without curiosity, hopefully all the pieces of the puzzle are starting to click together. <laughs> When you blindly listen without curiosity, without being able to take a step back to observe your thoughts and behaviors, without being able to challenge and invite a dialogue consciously, then it will rule you. And you can start to become aware of this by noticing what triggers you and what does it make you do or want to do? Does it lead to you wanting to hide? Does it lead to wanting to be overbearing? Does it lead to you wanting to make it abundantly clear that I already know that? Yeah. Which shuts you off from listening and learning, right? Ego led. This is where you get to challenge the behavior. Figure out what you're making up in that moment. Rationalize whether it's true. This is not something you look at with blame, shame, or judgment of yourself. Yeah, no one is immune to this, myself very much included. But this is where you understand that instead of blaming, shaming or judging, this is something you've learned. It's where you understand what's really going on and you can take that step back and stop beating yourself up. It's understanding it's not you. It's not who you are. Understanding it's a protection mechanism and it needs to know that you're safe. Yeah, safety is in the familiar because sticking with the familiar, you know the outcomes, right? Again, not distinguishing between good, bad, right, or wrong for you. It's familiar. It's more certainty. So it feels hard when we're stepping outside the familiar. So the next time you want to make a mean comment or say, I already know that, or gossip, or use a pushy, get sucked into using a pushy sales tactic, which I know none of you would, of course, because you're here, or you're procrastinating, or you compare yourself to someone else or some other behavior that's going to get in the way of your progress, just catch yourself and see where you're operating from in that moment. Is it id, ego, superego? What is your behavior being driven by? And how do you actually want to show up in that moment? And just remember, it's not you.
So if you've got value from this and you know in your gut that now is the time to step up and start rewiring your thinking and start changing things for yourself, then please do book in a free discovery call so we can work out what needs to happen to get you from where you're at right now to the action taking success you know you can be. If you want my eyes and ears on your problems, then I do work with people one-on-one and through the Proactive Pants program. You can find all the details to book in a call in the show notes, the link in my bio on Instagram and on my website, franexcel.com. So stop waiting for if and when and choose to change things now because you can. I am here to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. And as always, I hope you found this helpful. And as always, I will see you next week. Bye.